This, this is God Stories Radio Podcast. God Stories Radio With Fritz, Mike, and Tina. You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast. www.godstoriesradio.com Welcome, everyone, to God Stories Radio. This is session 166. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? It's Thursday. Thursday night under the lights. <laughs> I'd rather be nowhere else. I know. I, I look forward. I have usually been having Thursday off, and I just the day just drags because I can't wait to get here. Ah, I know it, right? It is. It's so much fun. I've been out here prepping all day. You didn't want anything to go For wrong. a guest. I, I, <laughs> I didn't want anything to ruin this night. <laughs> Uh, That's for sure. What's going on over there? You having a good week, Mikey? Yeah, hanging in there, riding a wave. That is one long wave. It is. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I believe, you know, God has, had given me a word. And I just, at the same time he gave me the word, it said, wait for it. Then it said to be still. Then it said, I wait for him. So that's what I am trying to do. Yeah, it's got to be one of the hardest things to do, I'm sure. Well, while we're easy. waiting with Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> what What about Fritz over there? We got any shout? I'm not waiting. You're not? <laughs> no, sir. Okay. I'm carrying on. <laughs> I'm catching the rest of your You're wave. You're definitely carrying on, on. That's for sure. Hey, I resemble that remark. <laughs> yes, we do have some Facebook All likes. All right. Yeah. All right. So we want to say thank you to Kathy Parker. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. We appreciate that. Thanks for liking us on Facebook. And then we also want to thank Caroline Tassie. Caroline, thank you. Thank you, Caroline. We appreciate the like. Yes. And anybody else out there who has not liked us on Facebook yet and, ha- and anywhere you can, that you can do so, please do it. Amen. Please do. You'll get all the, all the juicy new info. On our Facebook page. And then you'll also get all the, the newest uh, podcast as well. Right. If you don't follow us on, you know, like Spotify or iHeart, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, <laughs> any number. Anymore? Spotify. Yes. You said, said Spotify. Spotify. Spotify yeah. yeah. I, I'm just amazed uh, at how many avenues right. there is. And ever, to since listen. You, ever since you put on Spotify, I mean, our, I know. our country list went from. 65, I think, to where it presently is sitting at, at 92. And that's the only ones we know of. iHeartRadio is, we don't know how we can track that one. Well, I just want to take a second to welcome everybody on Mixler and everybody on YouTube. And uh, you have dialed into a good one tonight. Oh, yeah. I promise. 
You promise? I do promise. <laughs> and Tina, how are you doing over there? I'm doing well, thanks. Just, you know, um, trying to make it through till Friday because uh, it's just nice to have a weekend when you have them. So I enjoy my time off. Okay. Amen to the time off. Mm-hmm. Although this weekend will be lots of hard work for us. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a good buddy of ours, Mark St. Clair, in the studio tonight, uh, formerly Solomon's Porch Radio. So good to have you, Mark. Good to have you. Thank you. So, uh, well, uh, that's about all I got. Okay. I want to waste no more time. I don't either. All right. I can tell you guys are excited. Oh, so very. I'm going to go ahead and introduce our all guest. Right. So... Um, our guest uh, is a former English teacher. She's a mother and she's a grandmother and she's been happily married for 46 years now. 46 years. 46 wow. years, yes. And she's an absolute delightful person. Um, Amen to that. You know, we only get to watch her. Uh, we haven't really gotten a lot of time to spend with her, um, but we're looking forward in the future to spending some time with her. So um, this is um, very exciting for us because um, we are currently going to be having uh, Barbara Beck on the show. She is our guest tonight. You all know her as the host of Welcome Home. Mm -hmm. And of course, they've been doing some spinoff shows from Welcome Home, uh, Welcome Home um, Go, Go. Yep. and um, some other ones as well. I think I've seen her on the, uh, the, the chef guy there too. Oh, I love that Yo, show. Oh, yeah. I love when, they, when she's uh, doing the cooking and so forth with... Uh, I forget his name, but I'm sure she'll uh, mm -hmm. she'll give him a shout out. So, without any further ado, I just want to thank um, thank her for agreeing to do the show and just welcome her to God Stories Radio, Barbara Beck. It's our pleasure to have you. Yes, it is. Thank you, thank Barbara. You. Beck. Welcome, Barbara. Hey. Ah, oh, thank you so much. I'm riding the wave with Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so glad to be with you guys tonight. And the name of the guy that you were trying to think of, the master chef, is John Rivers from Four oh, Rivers. Oh, yeah. John yes. Rivers from Four Rivers. Four Rivers. You knew yeah. that, didn't you, Mark? Yes, I did. Yeah, Mark knew that. He's not helping out. <laughs> oh, he's so much fun to cook with, and we just have a great time. He loves the Lord, and together we just, we have a great time. But I wanted to just let you guys know um, how when you first approached me six or so months ago about sharing my testimony on your radio show, I pretty much wanted to say no, I have to be honest, because as I told you, my story is pretty mundane compared to a lot of others, and you've heard that a million times from yes, a lot have. of different but those people who've had really dramatic changes in their lives, but you persevered, you know, you didn't give up on me and you asked me again just recently. And because I've become a sort of podcast junkie here of late, <laughs> I listen to it. Any podcast as I can while I exercise. And so almost every day I either walk or I ride my bike by myself. So that's a great time to listen. And I've been super touched by the stories that your guests have told. And some are pretty earth shattering, you know, some mm -hmm. stories about people with horrific kinds of childhoods and some who've been addicted to drugs or alcohol. Some have suffered domestic abuse from spouses or even sexual abuse as children. And my story is not like that, but 
I got really convicted listening to the stories and realized that my story is still worth telling. Absolutely. Amen. It's my story. It's mine. (laughs) But more importantly, it's God's story of how he changed and transformed my life. I had transformation also, just like the drug addict or the alcoholic or or who. So God did a wonderful work in my life. And I'm going to tell you about that. But first, I want to say thank you to Tina, Fritz, and Mike for this wonderful platform where you guys allow God's stories to penetrate um, all of our hearts and to use this ministry as a conduit for the love of Christ in, in all of our lives, no matter what our circumstances are or no matter what our stories are. So this is what God is calling each of us to do and there's a really important verse in scripture. I know you all know it, and it's part of the reason why I'm even here with you tonight. It comes from 1 Peter 3.15 that says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So, you know, <laughs> that was super convicting to me. So I'm here tonight to give everyone listening to my story the answer and the reasons why I have such a deep desire to live out my purpose and to look forward to seeing Jesus one day, either either in heaven when I when I die or if he comes back to earth again in my lifetime. But I want to talk about the reasons why I have hope and I'm just so grateful to you for this opportunity. So thank you guys. Thank you. Barbara. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you're not the first one that came here and said that they, their story was nothing. Like, yeah. like you said, it's your story. God gave you your story. And there's someone out there, as I say, someone's out there that need to hear what you're going to say. Right. Yeah, it's all in That's Father's right. timing too. You know, it, maybe it wasn't supposed to happen Six at the, ago, the, right? when we, we first talked to her, you know, so. Well, thank you for standing and for persevering and for what you all are continuing to do. But I'll just start off my story by going way, way back. Tina, you made me sound really old when you said I've been married for <laughs> years and I got all these grandchildren and yes I am I am a little bit old but let me go back to my my childhood it was idyllic in a lot of ways so not perfect by any stretch of the imagination my mom was a stay-at-home mom as many women were back in the 50s and the 60s my dad was in the air force and we moved every couple of years until I was around nine years old and that's when we settled for good in Florida I have a brother who's five years older than I am, and I always looked up to him, and we had a pretty typical sibling relationship where he'd pick on me, and I'd cry and get him in trouble, (laughs) but it was all kinds of normal stuff that you do when you have a sibling. Uh, We went to church every Sunday, and I can remember praying every night as a little girl before bed by myself, just to God, not with my parents, not with my brother, but that was the extent of my understanding of who God is. My parents were believers in God but they didn't have that personal relationship with him. I didn't either. So we didn't really get it. We had the head knowledge, but we didn't have the heart knowledge. So I always say, I always believed in God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. And so even though I believed, I wasn't saved. And that would that would come later. But back to my childhood, I love being a kid. And I'm so grateful that I had wonderful parents who made me feel special and loved. And particularly my dad, he encouraged me by making me believe that I could do anything and be anything that I wanted to be. In fact, when I was around 18 years old and I was getting ready to go off to college, we never had a lot of money, but my parents still wanted me to go to college in any college, I guess, regardless of the cost. And I went to a pretty expensive college, which probably not the best stewardship in the world, but it ended up okay. 
But my dad thought that I could enter a pageant to help offset the cost of college. And we all, back in my day, we all loved the Miss America organization, which mm-hmm. back then, back in my day, they placed a lot of emphasis on talent. 40% of your score was based on talent. I didn't feel like it was ever a beauty pageant because I never felt particularly beautiful, but I knew I had a talent. I played the piano. So my dad suggested, he goes, Barbara, why don't you enter the Miss Winter Park pageant? And that would feed into Miss Florida. And if I won that, then maybe I'd get some scholarship money. And if I didn't win, maybe I'd at least place and get a little bit of money. Well, after my second try, I did win. I was shocked that I won Miss mm-hmm. Florida. And I really did think I could do okay because of my, my talent, but I never in a million years thought I would win. So from Miss Winter Park, I went on to win Miss Florida in 1971 and then went on to the Miss America pageant. And with all those scholarships that I won, I ended up paying for almost all of my college. So I'll be forever grateful for that Miss America organization for that and for those opportunities to win those scholarships. But during my year as Miss Florida, I met my husband and we got married a year later. I did, as I said, I went on to the Miss America pageant in Atlantic City with, do you all know, do you remember, Burt Parks. Oh, yes. Remember Burt Parks singing, There She Is, Miss America. I actually actually won a talent award at the Miss America pageant, and I didn't get in the top 10. I obviously didn't win Miss America, but that was okay, because it truly was a highlight for me, just being with all of these other sort of driven young ladies who were like I was back then, just trying to figure out life and maybe win a little money for college. So looking back, I'm super sad that I didn't use more of that year to honor God and to talk about him, but I just didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love the verse in scripture that talks about God restoring what the locusts have eaten. And I believe that God has more than redeemed that part of my life, which unfortunately at that time I really did not use for him. But again, he has redeemed it. So back in high school as a 16 year old, I was going to campus crusades for Christ. I'm going back a little bit before the Miss Florida pageant. I remember going to a Campus Crusade for Christ meeting in high school and praying to receive the Lord as my Savior. Um, Somebody handed me this little booklet called The Four Spiritual Laws, and they read it out loud to me, and I prayed that prayer, and I was saved. But uh, that was pretty much it. I didn't know what to do with that. It was real in my mind. I didn't receive any follow-up. I didn't get any kind of what we would call today discipleship. So Mm -hmm. life was pretty just the same. I just had prayed a prayer and I really do feel like that was the prayer of salvation. But I would go to school, I'd go to church and I'd try to be good. So when I met my husband to be, I asked him, Tommy, do you believe in God? And he said, yes. <laughs> and so I thought, well, good. That that box is checked off and <laughs> he must be for me to marry him. That's all I knew is I didn't know I was supposed to marry somebody with whom I was equally yoked. I just knew that um, I wanted this guy I was going to spend the rest of my life with to say he believed in God, and he did. But we didn't talk about it. We didn't pray together. We didn't go to church together, but once in a while. So we did get married, and our first few years of marriage were challenging and difficult because we didn't have any direction in our lives. We were living a pretty secular life. We were playing tennis on Sundays and just coasting through without 
any sort of meaning or purpose. We didn't know where we were going. And so one day our next door neighbors invited us to go to a walkthrough of the Old Testament. It really sounds interesting, right? Wouldn't you just love <laughs> to go to a walkthrough? A walkthrough? That's going to take a while. <laughs> Old Testament. Mm, yeah, let's do that. Uh, so for some reason, and I really feel like it was the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we said yes. And I, I'll never know exactly why, except that God wanted us to go there. So we stayed with the study, and it was interesting, and we enjoyed the people. But again, we just didn't know what we were doing, and we certainly didn't understand the magnitude of being in a Bible study and how that was going to change our lives. Just being in God's Word is always life-changing. His, mm-hmm. his Word returns void, right? So one night, these next-door neighbors that invited us to the um, Bible study They invited us to go over to their home with just the four of us where they made it very clear what we needed to do. They told my husband that he needed to pray to receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior, and I needed to pray for Jesus to be my Lord. And that's what happened that night. And I have to say that the changes in our lifestyle from that moment on, they were instant and dramatic. We started going to church all the time. We could not get enough church. We got into couples Bible studies. They were called growth groups back then. Um, At some point, and I'm not not sure the exact timeline, but we started teaching Sunday school for adults. We had Bible studies in our home for years after that. We attended as many church activities and teachings as we could, and God just saturated our lives with opportunities to grow in our faith. Well, later on... I found out that my godly mom had been praying for us regularly because she had become a Christian too through a YMCA Bible study that she'd gone to. And and I didn't realize that how, how fervently she'd been praying for Tommy and for me. And she saw the need for Jesus in her lives that... So we started to try to put Jesus first in our lives and our marriage. And I give my mom a ton of credit for getting us to that point. You know, Tina, Mike, and Fritz, and, and all the listeners tonight, you just never know who's praying for you, what godly grandmother or mother mm-hmm. is out there with that desire to pray you into the kingdom. And even if you're in the kingdom, like I was, I was saved, but I certainly wasn't walking um, a spirit-filled life. So one of the benchmarks for our spiritual growth was in the early 1980s when my husband was introduced to Howard Dayton, who started Crown Ministries. Well, we led many, many crown groups in our home. We became very passionate about biblical stewardship. And as time went on, my husband left his banking career and started working full time for Crown Ministries. And God had to show up big time in our lives during that season because we had to raise our own support. And even though it was super challenging all the time, there were some months where we didn't bring in the money that we needed to bring in to have a decent salary, but we saw firsthand God's faithfulness. We never went hungry. (laughs) We had a nice home. Our children went to great colleges and life Life was good because we were following Jesus at that point. But but good is not perfect, and I, I'm always so careful to make sure people don't think that I, I have this perfect life or I've had a perfect life because it, it hasn't been and it's not today. We still had lots of challenge, and probably one of the biggest areas of confusion in my mind was why I was infertile for 13 years. This is a big chapter of my life. 
we had our first daughter, Kristen, about five years into our marriage. And then I couldn't conceive again for 13 years. I know we had every test run to determine why I wasn't able to have another baby. Everything appeared to be normal. People just assumed that we'd go through life with an early child. But I was painfully yearning for another child. In fact, I always thought I'd have a big family. I wanted lots and lots of children. We tried to adopt a couple of times, but it always fell through. We had a couple of foster children, didn't get to adopt those children. I prayed and asked God finally in desperation, God, just take away this desire of mine to have more children if that's not your will for my life. And because I know there's a verse in scripture that says God will give you the desires of your heart. So Mm -hmm. I said, take it away. Take away this desire if I'm not supposed to have it. Because um, this is going to be embarrassing to say a little bit, but it was hurtful every time a friend had a baby shower or had a baby and I remained unhappy and unfulfilled. Then I'd feel super guilty for not being happy for my friends. And I wondered, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. You know? I'm so glad you said that, Barbara, because I'm, I'm sure that that helps to free other people. You know, a lot of times we're expected to be perfect because we're Christian and we're not. You know, we still right. have the same battles that every right. everybody else does. And God gives us emotions. And my emotions were raw. And I was hurting a lot of the time. But um, I just kept hearing God's that still small voice inside me saying, stay the course. I am going to give you the, the desires of your heart. And guess what? <laughs> he did. Yeah. Um, 13 years later, I found out that I was pregnant with my second daughter. All those years of waiting, I was going to have a baby. And so a lot of people would come to us and they'd say, oh, what a surprise that must have been when you got pregnant after 13 years. I said, I always say, no, it was not a surprise. It was a fulfillment of God's promise to me, that answer to prayer. Um, She was not a surprise. And so today, our precious daughters are 14 years apart. (laughs) the only two children that we have and they're best friends. And I often ask myself and and ask God, why God did I have to wait for so long? That word wait, there it is again. Mm -hmm. You know, wait. And here's my answer. I have no answer. That's the answer. (laughs) Sometimes God doesn't have to give us the answers. He just wants our obedience to remain faithful and to trust him and to believe. And so I may never know. And I'm, and I'm okay with that. I will ask one of these days when I get to heaven, <laughs> I'm going to say, what was it, God, in your infinite plan? Why, why did I have to wait so long? And I can't wait to hear the answer, but it's okay for now. I don't need to know. But um, the lesson that I've learned through the years of my infertility would be remain faithful. There's a great verse in scripture. I love this from Isaiah. I don't remember exactly where it is. I think it's Isaiah 55 where God says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are mm-hmm. higher than our. Isaiah so, 55, eight, nine. 55, eight. There you go. Thank you. Um, my word for the year, I always like to have a word for the year, but my word is actually a phrase this year and it's called the mind of Christ. And that's what I desire. That's what I want. It's not totally possible because I'm not God and his thoughts and his ways are bigger and better than mine will ever be. But mm-hmm. you know, at least know his word and study his word, try to obey him. And that way I'm always going to grow a little bit closer to understanding his will for my life. It's funny that you had mentioned that because even in my life um, lately, I've kind of amped up my prayer for wisdom. Mm. You know, give me wisdom, 
You well, know, and, it's, it, and that's right in with the mind of Christ. Yeah, you've got to ask for it because without that, even the word really doesn't come alive, you know, without right. that. And I find that uh, he'll give you wisdom and he'll give you nuggets and, and he'll give you little uh, blips about people. That means you can minister to them. Right. And and, so, and some, as you bring that up, Fritz, I just, uh, you know, tell people that uh, don't probably even think of this. You know, I read the word every night, but I mentioned to someone that I know is a good Christian brother of ours and everything else. And I asked him because he was complaining about it. I says, well, don't you pray before you read it? And he mm-hmm. said, no. I said, I told, I pray a nice little prayer before I read the Bible, asking the Holy Spirit to absorb everything and so on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. You know, I, I almost felt a little... Um, uh, prideful, praying for the mind of Christ, or sometimes praying for wisdom, but God tells us to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, he wants us to have wisdom, and the mind of Christ, you know where that is, is just in his word. Every word that we read, and the will of God, people say, oh, I just want the will of God. How do I get, how do I know the will of God? The will of God is in his word, and so we just have to stay um, so close to what his word is telling us, and then we know uh, the will of God, then we have Amen. wisdom, and we have Christ. Right, Amen. So, yeah, let me tell you one of the neatest things that um, God has done for me uh, is to give me the opportunity to have two careers. <laughs> uh, right now, like you said, Tina, in the introduction, I have a television ministry career. And I started this second career after teaching English for 13 years. And that has been an incredible journey. People are always asking, how'd you get into this line of work? And it was totally a God thing. I loved teaching school. My daughter, Kelsey, the young younger daughter, she knew at some point that um, I was feeling some discontentment in my teaching job. I loved it for many, many years, but once I started to feel restless, like I needed a change, I didn't know where I wanted to go exactly, but Kelsey, as a little girl, she was probably, I don't know, maybe seventh or eighth grade, it wasn't that little, but she said, well, mom, you know you love fixing us great meals every night. She said, why don't you do a cooking segment on one of those Christian TV channels? <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay. Yes, I'm not a John Rivers, and I'm certainly not um, a gourmet cook, but I actually thought that it might be a great idea because I was always talking about the importance of having family meals together. I really feel like that's big. So I pitched an idea on how to fix easy nutritious kind of meals to the producer at Good Life Broadcasting. And lo and behold, they said, yes, come on. They said, um, just like that, I was cooking meals on TV and loving this. Mm -hmm. But I only did it for a short period of time, maybe two or three months. I probably ran out of menus anyway. There's just so many quick, easy meals (laughs) that I know of. (laughs) So... Praise God, they said, how would you like to co-host the show instead of doing the cooking segments? And I was just sort of overwhelmed. I said, wow, well, let me pray about it. Okay, I prayed yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like almost instantaneously, I wanted to do that so badly. I just thought, Lord, thank you for this great opportunity. So I didn't have any idea what I was getting myself into, certainly didn't have any training in television. So here we are 11 or 12 years later, and now I have my own show, Tina, that like you said, called Welcome Home, which is a one-hour Christian variety show. We have several spinoffs from that show, Welcome Home Go, Life Changing Stories, um, The Current Ladies. But this is an unbelievable blessing. Because not only do I get to host the show, I plan the shows, I book the guests, 
like I pretty much get to do anything that I want to do. I get to invite Mike, Prince, and Tina to come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's just favor right there. That's just favor. (laughs) (laughs) It is a responsibility, though, and one which I don't take lightly because I want to be pleasing to God. I want to be aligned with his will for these shows. And lately, God has been bringing me guests who often have a social justice agenda. Now, (laughs) mind you, I have never been interested in or involved in politics, and shame on me, really, because a lot of what we as Christians should be doing is going to bat for those in our society who have been marginalized and those who are Mm -hmm. oppressed. And there's an important concept in Scripture, comes from Proverbs 31, which I'm not going to read word for word because I don't know it, but I know that this is the gist of it. If I can paraphrase, it says, speak up. Defend the rights of the poor and needy, the destitute, (laughs) those who can't speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. We are supposed to speak up. And now I have this voice. I have this voice over television. If I don't speak up, then I'm not going to be obeying God. So um, the truth remains that those of us who have been given much, Tina Fritz and Mike, Barbara, a lot of our listeners out there today, the Bible says that we have a lot to do. There's much to be done. We as Christians, as Christ followers, we need to be about serving the underserved. And that means widows and orphans, but it also means prisoners. Mm-hmm. It also the homosexual community, the homeless, whoever God brings across our paths. If they um, can't speak for themselves, if they're poor, needy, destitute, then the underdog, then we need to be speaking up for them. So I'm so excited about this new sort of direction in my life for Welcome Home and in bringing light to these dark subjects. And part of the reason why is I have this godly son-in-law, Chris King, who is running for the Democratic nomination for governor of Florida. And people see that he's a Democrat, and they often wonder if, can he be a Christian? Well, let me tell you the truth here. Chris is one of the most sincere, loving, authentic Christians that I know. And in my 25 years or so of knowing him, I've never heard him say an unkind word about anyone. And that's going to be hard for you to believe, but I'm telling you Mm -hmm. the truth. He, He walked the talk while so many of us, including me, tend to talk the talk because that's easy, talking the talk. I do it every day. I love doing it. That Chris has taught me so much more about loving the unlovely and serving the underserved and really overall simply how to be a Christian in this divisive, hateful climate of ours right now. He's actually helping reshape and change my heart in some areas that need to be addressing. And um, it's all about serving other people. I just, I talked to a gentleman just yesterday who has written the book. His name is Dr. Richard Stearns. He wrote a book called A Hole in Our Gospel. And I said, what is the hole that's in our gospel? And basically it's um, not doing what we need to be doing, not walking the talk, not serving the underserved. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's easy to say we're Christians, that we're Christ followers, but you know, what about the unwanted baby that was born? Are we doing anything besides saving the life? And that's a big deal to save that life, to not let that baby be aborted. But then what are we doing on day two, three, four, 365 to make sure that that baby, that child has a life that is fulfilling and purposeful. But anyway, 
I do go on, <laughs> but partly because that got, got me on my soapbox here. But partly because uh, oh, you're a preaching. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> I don't mean to. I don't mean to be preaching at all. This is just truthfully what God is laying on Amen. my heart. Amen to and that. I'm, well, you, I'm you had brought up the uh, the verse to let yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. Yes. And but that's uh, Psalm thirty-seven four. But there mm-hmm. is a verse five. And it says, <clears throat> well, 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5 uh-huh. says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he uh-huh. will do this. See, that's God's part, our part. Mm-hmm. There two, we've got to do our part. God said he's going to do it, but we've got to do our part, which is to commit our ways to him. I love that you brought that up. That's so important for us to, to remember that we definitely have a responsibility um, in this deal, in this journey, you know, he, he never promised us a free ride. He, he also talks about the verse in John uh, 16, 33, is it where mm-hmm. in this world, you, you will have, have trouble. trouble. Yep. Every listener out there listening today, you got trouble in your life. Well, that's because God said there's going to be trouble in our lives, but he's there to get us through it. And he's going to give us peace in it. And he's going to be with us to walk us through it. That's just so, so important. Um, in our lives, but back to back to Chris and his influence in my life, and some of the social justice issues that we're trying to tackle on Welcome Home. Um, I truly believe that God is impressing upon me to put some stuff out there on Christian television that looks a little different than maybe it used to look for when my my dad watched Christian TV or my granddad, if there even was TV back then. But <laughs> I need to be all about bringing the truth of Scripture. That's the love of Jesus to every person. Who watches our station because guess what? We have the answer and it's hope in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's why we've addressed some really difficult topics. Like just to give you a few, we've addressed immigration, uh, the refugee crisis, racism, restoring rights to felons, violence in our culture, gun control, and, and on and on. My, my viewers don't always agree with some of what we talk about. In fact, it's not unusual for someone to call me bad names and sometimes They'll say that I spew hatred, which it just breaks my heart because I try very hard to ignore those comments, but mm-hmm. but they hurt because my heart's desire is to share Jesus and he's all about loving everyone. And, and we can't draw lines where it makes nope. us feel good. Jesus tells us to love everyone. And, and the church, unfortunately, and the church meaning all of us as Christ followers, we've not done a great job in this arena. Right. So. How many gay people do we know and greet by name in church? It's almost funny, you know, to think about, isn't it? So I think that we, including myself, we've done a terrible job. And, and I always like to think, remember the, the times when we had that thing of what would Jesus do? Right. How would Jesus, how would Jesus treat these oppressed people, the destitute, those who have no voice? How would he treat the gay person when he walks into our church? So I think that's just food for thought. I'm not, Definitely, and not trying to preach to anybody. Mm. I'm just trying to share the love of Jesus and what He's impressed upon my heart, and why we're doing the kinds of, of programs that we're doing. Because that, I, I really hope and pray that we're being led by the Holy Spirit to just love everybody. So, moving on to another part of my testimony, it is of my story. It's marked by my husband of 46 years, who who used to be this super athlete. He was really active and 
we had lots of fun together. We used to go body surfing. It, I'm making him sound like he's not alive anymore. He's still alive, but we used to do these that we can't do together anymore. We used to play tennis and go on long bike rides and long walks. We'd go whitewater rafting, anything that was active. Um, and that ended a few short years ago. In 2015, my husband was complaining to me about shortness of breath and he wasn't feeling well. And one of the disadvantages of living together for so long is that because you know that person so well that you don't always listen carefully. At least that's my bad. I told Tommy, just get up off the couch, go to the mailbox, do something, and that's going to make you feel better. I remember so clearly telling him that. And luckily, he didn't listen to me. (laughs) But instead, he, he went to the doctor who told him that his heart rate was bad. You need to get to a cardiologist ASAP. And it was a Monday morning at the cardiologist when that doctor said, go straight to the hospital, which was right across the street. Go right now. You should be dead. And his heartbeat, guys, at that time was something like 30 beats a minute. And because he was an athlete and was in such good shape, he didn't die with just 30 beats a minute. Some people would have died with that, but they they did an emergency pacemaker operation on him right then, right there, that day. I had to come from home because I didn't even go to the hospital with him or the doctor with him. I had to meet him at the hospital. And after the doctor put the emergency pacemaker um, in, his, in his heart, the doctor came out and he told me, Barbara, the second that I inserted the pacemaker, your husband's heart stopped. And it's never going to beat again without the pacemaker. Wow. In other words, I know he is 100% dependent wow. upon the pacemaker. Scary stuff. That mm-hmm. minute. That he, so I praise God for wise doctors and, and a wise enough husband Amen. to know that wrong. And today, Tommy still struggles, but he's alive and he's doing well. He can't exercise with me. He can't play with me much anymore. Hence, my listening to podcasts by myself all the time now. (laughs) (laughs) But Tommy out of breath easily still and something's going on with his lungs. And we just live each day, one day at a time. And I believe with all my heart that God is going to see us through this. Um, This is a difficult part of his journey and mine. But here's a word of encouragement that I can remember from my wedding vows. 46 years ago, we marry for better or for worse. And just because a spouse is no longer the same, it doesn't give us a reason to leave them. You know, there are days that I wish Tommy could be vibrant and healthy, but I have to remember that we had a lot of good days together, a lot of great years together. And there are plenty of people out there who are far worse than I am. So I'm in this for the duration. And so is he. My my daughter sometimes gets mad at me for saying things like, like like I just said, that, oh, there are plenty of people who have it out there a lot worse than I, I have. She said, Mom, you are so about perspective. Can't you just sometimes say, yeah, this is bad. This sucks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it does, but I, but I can't help but going back to perspective and mm-hmm. saying, you know, he's still here and we still have our lives together. And and there are plenty of people who have it a lot worse than I do. And I've, I've heard a lot of their testimonies on your radio show. But we have together four precious grandchildren, and I call them my adorables. This is the point where everybody's going to turn off the radio because I'm going <laughs> to talk about my grandchildren. <laughs> we spend tons of time playing with them. I have a 95-year-old mother with wow. dementia. Wow, 95. I know, and every night I, I get the honor to feed her and put her to bed. 
sometimes several times a night. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, my, my husband gets her up in the mornings, and then we have companions for her throughout the day while I'm at work. But I'm just telling you all this and telling our listeners all this because it is part of my story. And God equips us. He has equipped me and empowered me to handle whatever curveball he throws our way. We make decisions. I make a decision every day to either live my life with joy and hope, or I can curl up and give up and just say, it's too hard, God. I'm not going to do it. It's a daily choice. But, you know, um, as you've heard me say, I've lived long enough to go through many seasons of my life. I don't want to get morbid here, but I'm close to the final curtain call. So is my husband. Really, so are all of us. But I was just going to try to summarize some of the life lessons that I've learned to close out my story today. And, and I wrote some of these things down. If you indulge me, I just want to share a few of these. First Absolutely. of all, I've, thank you. I've, I've learned to expect change and then to embrace it. I've learned to stop trying to figure everything out and just accept it as God's sovereignty. I've learned to be open to others' ideas and opinions, whether I agree or not. I've learned that in this world, like I said earlier from John 16, 11, or 33, I believe it is, we will have trouble, but God is faithful and he's there to give us his peace. I've learned the importance of prayer and spending time alone with God. And finally, I've been reminded from you guys, Gina, Fritz, and Mike, be ready to give an answer as to why I have hope in Christ. So, um, I want to be able to say one day when the Lord calls me home, I want to be able to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, come and share your master's happiness. I've still got a lot of work to do, and I'm excited to see what God holds for each of us in the future. And I just want to say, you guys... Thanks so much for having me on the program today. And my prayer is that someone out there today is encouraged, is drawn closer to Christ as a result of something that we've said. And I'm just honored to have had this opportunity to tell a little bit about my journey and to encourage you guys to keep doing what you're doing. I am loving me some God stories. <laughs> That's my story and I'm sticking to it. All right. That's well, if fantastic. nobody else was encouraged, I was. Yeah, me too. Oh, absolutely. God, I mean, please. it does. You know, again, it's a story that God gave her and it's not like nobody else out there isn't going through some of the same stuff. Yeah. That's right. I can really relate to her husband because... Um, I had a similar situation. I didn't need a pacemaker, but I needed a a heart valve. Wow. Uh, I was just uh, hours away from just collapsing. I would have been a statistic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my uh, general practitioner found it and said, you know, just go have a heart cath because uh, I, I think you got a blocked coronary artery. And then when I got there and had it done, the guy says, I got good news and bad news. Your, <laughs> your arteries are great. He said, but you got a a valve that's come off the hinge and it looked like a flag waving in the when you wow. on the ultrasound and and man so they prep me and then repair it but i just wanted to say man uh i could really relate to that story praise the lord 
Well, you know what? There, there's so many things that we can talk about with healing and all. And, and I just want want our listeners too to hear today that, that God does use doctors, and He uses us to have some common sense as well. Mm-hmm. Have the common sense go to the doctor. And then um, I, I've, I've heard great preachers say before that preach on healing. If you're not healed, then there's something wrong with your faith journey or your faith and, and or you haven't prayed right or whatever. She, I don't believe that at all. There could be, there could be something wrong, but if you're prayed up and you're believing God for a miracle and the miracle doesn't happen the way that you happen it, there it is again, just trust God in his sovereignty, but also know that healing can come in the, in the, um, uh, with doctors doing their job, doing what they've been trained to do. God gave them the intelligence and the manual dexterity and all the skills that go along with helping uh, in that healing. So I know this isn't a story necessarily on, on healing today, but I think hopefully that will encourage somebody to, we have a responsibility to take good care of our bodies. Mm-hmm. Go, go to the doctor, get the care that we need. And then, yeah, trust God, but don't be ignorant and don't, you know, don't get the help that you might need. Get that valve fixed. Get that pacemaker. Do whatever you can do, uh, because that may be what God has in mind for you. Right. Right. Absolutely. Amen to that. And you mm-hmm. said something very important, Barbara. It's it's really all about healing. You know, it's all about emotional healing, spiritual healing, and I and just sometimes physical physical healing. healing. That's yeah. right. And I'm I'm so glad that. Um, the Lord called us to be stewards of this ministry. It's nothing that we've done, but Mm-mm. you know, it's just that I'm honored to sit here and talk to now 92 countries that mm. we're in. Um, God is is really amazing. I'm at all. God is amazing. And I just think that he is growing and expanding your territory because of your faithfulness, because of the fact that you guys are trusting in him, that you prayed through this ministry and that you're really seeking. Uh, there's just nothing selfish about why you're doing this. This is nothing that you've done for yourself. So, mm-hmm. so God, uh, growing it in such really, really cool ways. And, and I hope the listeners out there today know that they can go to some of these um, older podcasts. You don't have to just listen on Thursday nights. You know, you listen when you're when you're riding your bike, when you're walking down the street and, and share it with other people and let people know about God's stories and radio and be able to hear some of these stories. And there will be a ton of stories out there that are the dramatic ones that, that maybe uh, transform a life. But again, there's there are a lot of people that have stories like mine that are just not, not super uh, disobedient. I wasn't trying to go down any kind of a bad road, but, but I was, I was going straight to hell. You know, if I I don't, personally, I'm going the same place that everybody else is going. So uh, I think it's just real important, no matter what your life is like, whether you're in the pits or whether things are going pretty well for you, if you don't know the Lord personally in your heart, not just your brain, then there's some work that needs to be done. And he will transform your life. I'll never forget the kind of hunger that Tommy and I had for the Lord right away. I mean, right away. And it doesn't happen that way for everybody. But for us, we could not get enough of God's word. We couldn't get enough Bible study and fellowship with other Christians. And and God grew us really, really fast. And I, I praise him for that. Mm-hmm. And you, One of the things I like the most about the testimony you shared Barbara, is because it's not off the rails and so forth, because you were living a life very obedient to Christ, you know, uh, once you knew him in your heart, as you said, Uh he used your life as a platform, you know, and and look at all the wonderful things you've been able to do that he's allowed you to be a part of because of that. And I think... Well, it's... 
it blows me away sometimes because I I don't you know it, it kind of makes me think about Moses and Aaron and Aaron's like I'm not art I, I, Moses is I'm not articulate I can't speak how am I going to do all this I didn't think I could do any of that and now I can't wait to talk about the Lord I can't wait to get on television my least favorite part of my job is doing all the clerical kinds of things I love once the cameras start rolling and I hear somebody give their testimony and I I I'm able to talk to them and and go back that's when I just get so excited. So God can empower and equip the unequipped. All we have to do is be available. And I was available, you know, just wanting to do some cooking segments. That's all I thought. <laughs> and now God has grown and expanded our ministry there at Good Life Broadcasting as well, because our heart is to uh, to bring hope. What do you guys say? You all have three words that I love. We're where hope happens. You guys encourage, give hope, and what? Comfort. 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 Comfort is the thing. Hope, I love comfort, that. and encouragement. Yep. Hope, comfort, and encouragement, and uh, we say Good Life Forty Five is where hope happens, hope and, happens. and we don't I love it. Hope happens, but it only happens with Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen by turning on the radio. It's not going to happen by turning on the TV and listening to me go on and on. It's going to happen by praying uh, for Jesus to be number one in your life. Amen. But you know, so many people are looking for purpose in their lives, Barbara, and you know. This is this is how they help fulfill it is by leading that life that's obedient to the Lord and the Lord will use them. He will open up doors and avenues to things we never ever dreamed or expected. You right. Know? And it doesn't always well, look you, the same. You certainly didn't go to school saying one day I'm going to lead a ministry, a radio ministry. Did you did any of the three of you ever think that you'd be on radio? <laughs> no. I was the nervous <laughs> from it. Uh, poor Mikey, he was an introvert when I when I met him. Uh, <laughs> the first time he he said, uh, "God is showing me something about radio," and I said, "Well, that happens to be my background. Uh, let's get together one night and we'll set up a couple microphones. We'll just talk to each other. We won't record or anything like that." Yeah. The poor guy was sweating so bad. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get. And look uh, at it now. Look really? at him now. Yeah. I'm so proud of him. Yeah. And, and wave, right? <laughs> right. Um, I just want to bring up uh, God Stories Radio's verse. You know, we have our mission statement, but the verse mm-hmm. that we, uh, we stick to and cling to is 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our, all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Uh-huh. Amen to that. Amen. Wow. I've been blessed. <laughs> well, you guys you guys have blessed me, so I just want to again thank you for your ministry and to encourage you to, to stay the course and keep doing what you're doing to bring that kind of hope and encouragement and comfort to everybody because that's straight out of Scripture. And not only are you doing it, but we need to be encouraging other people to do it. You know, one of the things that I've found, and I, and I know you all probably need for me to stop talking, but uh, one, thing, one thing that I do see, I'm going to say this real quickly, is that a lot of times we get viewers to write in and say that they are depressed and they're sad and they're on medication and what can they do? Well, here's what they can do. We give hope and encouragement to other people by serving them. Mm-hmm. Get out of your house, Amen. get out of your shift. Go do something. If it's take a, a, a plate of cookies to the widow next door or the little child across the street who has, has parents that are, are working all the time, I don't know what it is, but there's something that we can do to serve. And I have so many favorite ministries now. And one is Orlando Union Rescue Mission. Just give them, you all talk about the shameless plug. That's yes, a, you do. <laughs> plug that I, and I, see, I do listen to you, don't I? Uh-huh, <laughs> you certainly do. 
I love this ministry because they are helping homeless families learn how to be sustainable and not just, you know, it's not just the cup of water, even though the cup of water is important. There's a place and a time for that. There's also a time and place for helping people know how to um, get their jobs, their resumes, their financial households in order, and to be able to live a sustainable life. And that's what that rescue mission does. And there are many others. Christian Help, there's the Daniel Pope. There's so many ministries that I have fallen in love with being a part of my television show, but again, the whole reason I'm saying this is to make sure that people stop being depressed and sad and get out there and do something. Doesn't mean you don't need to be on medication. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that by serving other people, you will get out of yourself and you'll start feeling good about um, serving God. Because when when we serve one of the least of these, who are we serving? Jesus, Jesus. yeah, and you will. I experienced it early on. I never did anything like that before, but I helped feed the homeless or the church that Mm -hmm. God found me. And and I was so close to being on that same side of the table, being homeless. Uh-huh. I couldn't wait for Monday night to show up every week because that's when they did it. And uh, you become just as blessed or even more so than those on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. Amen. Right. Amen. Right. Well, I wanted to add one more thing, Barbara. I think when... When you do go to heaven, not only will God say those faithful words to you, but I think he'll also add welcome home. Uh, I was so thinking that. I was so thinking that. Oh, that gave me chills. I love that. And I wanted to say that to everybody. Well done, good and faithful servant and welcome home. Welcome home. I think we just found this the uh, title of the show. I think so. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. Keep doing the great work that you're doing, okay? Thank you, Barbara. Amen. We love and, you, too. Amen. And before we wrap up, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to mention Pastor Jeff Orca. Oh, yes. Because yes. he made good on his promise. He sent us the <laughs> Colombian coffee, yes, the real deal, Colombian coffee and, and the, the melons. Mangoes. And the mangoes. We got them today. <laughs> mangoes, yeah. Barbara, we actually had a listener. He's a missionary, and um, he goes to Argentina and... Where was Santa Cruz? He, he was came, in just Peru, came Peru and Belize. Or, yeah. Yeah, or, and we got yeah. talking about coffee. Bolivia. And he said, I'm going to send you some real deal Colombian coffee. And he sure did, man. Like yes. a whole pound. I, I heard that podcast. I heard that. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, he'll never do that. <laughs> <laughs> he did Not it. Part, our part. He did his part. That is so cool. Love it. So, well, that's wonderful. Man, I just, gosh, I feel so refreshed. We've had such mm-hmm. a good time here tonight. We I really just have. feel like we could. Thank you, Jesus. Go on all night, you know? Yeah. Mark, you got anything? Yeah, I think I want to say something. You know, I've been a faithful listener to your program for since conception. And everybody that comes onto this program has a testimony. And, you you know, Barbara doesn't think that her, her, her life story is that glamorous, but I get little bits of of encouragement from every single show that I listen to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just even the emphasis that I was hearing today is just prayer. You know, prayer is so important, not just for ourselves, but within, the, you know, a group of friends and believers. And and I can testify to that. I mean, with Fritz and Tina as part of the uh, uh, Bible study that we all go to and, just our group does so much prayers with with amongst ourselves, and just to see the the power and the answered prayers that come through that is is quite touching. And uh, the thing that I've always learned too is, it back when I was a new believer, 
is that I thought I had to do everything on my own, prayer by myself. And it was almost like that Lone Ranger philosophy. I had to do everything on my own, but I need I need people to be with me yeah. and lift me up and keep me in prayer. And Amen. When two or three gathered in 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 His name, mm-hmm. He He listens, and and I'm a firm believer in it. So, right, Barbara, I, I appreciate your testimony tonight. And the Bible, you, the Bible is all about relationships, community. So yeah. that's where it should be. Amen. The Father's right. waiting for your prayers. Amen. To talk to him. Amen. Well, thank you, everybody that's joined us on Mixler tonight. I can see uh, Matthew Wells. Hey, buddy. Uh, Tracy McElroy's with us tonight. And hey, Alexander Tracy. Ray is with us and several others that I can't see who you are. But welcome to the show. And um, I know if you were half as blessed as I was, uh, you have enjoyed Barbara Beck from TV45. I want to welcome everybody that tuned in on YouTube tonight. And uh, if you have a, a testimony, you can get in touch with us at God Stories Radio at gmail.com. And Mikey, they can they also... Can, they can tweet us. They can tweet us on Twitter. We made that up, by the way. <laughs> a twit's not really a Twitter term. Come up with but, words now and then. Yeah. And then, uh, please, like us on Facebook. Follow yes. us on Facebook. And then we get to, to do the shout-outs every week. And I, right. I love that. Yes, but we do. We want your testimony. If you can uh, write it, send it to us by uh, Gmail or... Or blog on our website or tweet us, but you know we won't, you know, and not only has to be a testimony like we've had a few of them that were a stint in a, per, a two hour stint in a person's day, and that that testimony was awesome. Yep, I remember that. Right, then you can write them in, and we'll read it. Doesn't matter. Absolutely. But we would rather have you here, but that's okay. Absolutely, Barb. Thank you again for your time. I know you're extremely busy, but man, what a blessing to it have was. you. It was thank worth you. it. Was a- with you. Uh, such a joy. Thanks it, so much, guys. It, was, it was worth the wait. I can't get wait to get over there on your turf. I'm still in awe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in with us. That wraps it up for session 166. I'm Chris. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. God bless. What joy it brings. My soul can't wait to. What we gonna do? I'm a shamanji. Come on. When I get there. Where you gonna do? Second verse. You'll wipe my tears. Come on. You'll say well done. What you gonna do? You'll hold me close. You tell me what? Tell me I'm overcoming. Come on. You will exchange uh. joy for my pain. What you gonna pray? And I'll praise your name, Jesus. Uh.